Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Millions of people have something to say and know where to say it. Join us and speak your mind. Express your passion. Let your voice be heard. The Tangent Bound Network is a place for you to add your voice to the new frontiers of humanity, bringing you high-quality, analog-listening entertainment in a new digital age. Visit TangentBoundNetwork.com for more information. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Welcome to Geekish Cast, episode 49. Something funny happened on my way to the podcast this morning. This week I am joined by Paul. How are you doing there, Paul? Doing pretty good. And Roy? D, none of the yep. above. <laughs> and John. Yep, how's things, pretty John? Pretty good. How, how's it going with everyone? Doing well, thank you, sir. Hey, so this week um, there was some strange news released about uh, the new Star Trek movie, Star Trek Beyond. I don't know how strange it is. I guess last-minute reshoots aren't that uncommon, but they're not very common. But... Um, they announced that a whole new character has been written in, and they're going in for reshoots. The actress they've brought in is Shora Agdashlu, uh, who is known from 24, uh, The Expanse, X-Men Last Stand. Has apparently been written in as a large or high-ranking Federation official. Can this bode well for Star Trek Beyond? Roy, what do you think? I'm thinking um, they're trying to prevent a crash and burn. I think they got the numbers on on um, all the previews, and they realized that people think it's going to seriously suck, so now they're trying to, to recover and try to make it sound like it's not going to suck so bad. Okay, yeah, because a last-minute addition of a high-ranking character from what is a pretty... She's an Academy uh, Award winner, so they're bringing in a power yeah. hitter to raise interest. Do you think it's to raise interest, or is it to add gravitas? I mean, that's I there's really a trying, lot of directions. They're, <coughs> I think they're trying to raise more interest because they want to generate the $1.5 billion that Avengers did in the first movie. And this movie just... I've got emails, or not emails, but notes here that says... Star Trek Beyond officially completed filming on Thursday in Dubai. That was on July 22nd. Or, no, no, no the, back the release date. On yeah, October release 16th 
of 2015. They said they wrapped up filming. And now here's a movie about to come out in, what, two months? And it's they're refilming scenes or adding more scenes? So, yeah, my question is, what is the scene going to be? Is it just a shot of her in an office giving an order? Or maybe on a view screen saying something to Kirk real quick? I mean, is there... More enough time for her to even act with the characters. I think that's to add to their saying, hey, we've added a big name to our cast. Right. Well, Idris Elba's a pretty damn big name. If, you know, if he couldn't do it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's a guy they're talking about taking over as James Bond. It's the first black James Bond is what a lot of people are saying. Okay. Um, but there's more to this going on behind the scenes. Sure. Uh, as I read yesterday... As it turns out, uh, CBS and Paramount are, are kind of having a little uh, tiff, if you want to call it, in that Paramount has told CBS, you can't show your new Star Trek ser- TV series six mo- until six months after our movie comes out. Well, th- here's a movie that was wrapped up filming in October of last year, and now it's... Mm. How many times has this movie been pushed back? How many directors has it gone through? Uh, Simon Pegg has been called in to be the writer, script writer for it. The guy's phenomenal. Uh, he's got some of the funniest, greatest movies, but we're bringing in a Fast and Furious director. Uh, I think we're going to be looking at a movie that's going to be more along the line of Fast and Furious. And if you want to see Fast and Furious sci-fi, uh, skip the sci-fi and just go rent the movies. <laughs> right. So then, okay, so they're saying six months after the movie, so that would not be a problem if the series came out in January. Isn't that what they were shooting for? But yeah, now they're what? Yeah. But this movie, here they are refilming, reshooting it, well, adding right. a new cast. Yeah, but you you got to remember, this isn't the first time a last-minute a last minute change has been done. They haven't moved the release date. It's still scheduled for July 22nd. When Star Trek The Motion Picture hit the theaters, the film canisters were still wet. They still they hadn't dried yet by the time they started rolling into theaters. I mean, I'm not saying that bodes well. I'm just saying that doesn't mean the deadline is necessarily going to be missed. But now that being said, I do remember originally Bob Orsi was going to direct, and they had a script by Orsi Kurzman, and they shit-canned, they fired him, basically, from the project, brought in Simon Pegg and another writer to write a new script and brought in a new director. They have, if you look at the costumes, the costumes are brand new. They, it looks like they're, and they're not going to mention anything from Inner Darkness. So they're definitely trying to distance itself from the last movie by a long way. And I hate, bring, I hate to bring in, but there's also the and. Apparently, Paramount and CBS are saying that neither the movie nor the TV series will reflect upon each other's timelines or series. So those people who are phenomenally love to have canon as their core of how they do things, the movies no longer count towards TV series or vice versa. They are now well, no, completely independent. They Hold on, but they announced that when they first announced yeah, the new TV series. They said this will not be in the same universe as the motion pictures. Right, but and they're really the, emphasizing it now. And the movies are supposed to be set in an alternate universe anyway. Yeah. But, but it's still it's supposed a, to be Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and the Enterprise crew. But we have the uh, two core producer, director, or writers 
from the first two movies now involved in the television series, so they do well, have a serious pull. Well, no, I don't know that they do, because I found out that Orsi has nothing to do with this, and Kurzman is doing this with a different production company than the one he owns with uh, Orsi. This is a separate production company. So you don't this think is Orsi's going to come down the hall and go, hey, what you working on? No, <laughs> because cause his, well, no, cause his offices are somewhere else. He has nothing to do with this production company at all. Uh, um. And also, these two guys have been Kurt, working together for so long. It just oh, it, absolutely, they have. And and you can you can bet dollars to donuts that they're going to sit down and have dinner. And Orsi's going to go, hey, you know what was really cool? The Guardian of the Galaxy. You should use that. You know that's going to happen. Stuff is going to come up. But he's not going to be involved in the running of the company from anything I've read, at least. I may have a point there. Yeah. So. From what I can tell, we we already knew it was going to be in a different different universe. I'm fine with that. Um, I am a little bit worried about the fact that, the, as of a year ago, a lot of people were saying there wasn't enough time to rewrite the script to get it out by 2016, the which they did. The anniversary. Yep. Um, so they got one written, they got one put out, but they've had director, like you were saying, they've gone through two directors, they've gone through at least two scripts that we know of. They've gone through three release dates, but they've stuck to the July 22nd for quite some time now. But the sudden addition of a of a new character and, and reshooting scenes does trouble me a little bit. Um, Do we know well, it how does many bring scenes? up one point that we can uh, attribute, that we can link to the original and then the reboot now. The mm-hmm. off numbers really suck. No, it's the opposite, right? The even no, numbers, the odd numbers. Right. Because in the original... The even numbers are good, with the exception of the last one. Yeah. The so last all the odd numbers eight. look like they're going to suck on both the reboot and the original. Well, but, but Star Trek 2009 is actually ranked quite high. In, yeah, in certain the reboot was actually ranked higher than the con episode. Where the Star Trek reboot two, which was Star mm-hmm. Trek Into Darkness, was rated a lot lower. Exactly. So in the reboot, and it's the other way around. Yes. Yeah. So this one should yeah. be successful, but that's I see it being successful from the point of view of it's going to be hard hitting, it's going to be fast, it's going to be pulse pounding because you're going to have exactly as that director is. He is a fast and furious director. He does high-action, high-speed movies. And as you saw from the preview, which that's exactly what it was. We saw cars or vehicles jumping in the sky. We saw a lot of running. We saw a lot of explosions going on. We saw Fast and Furious. That's not Star Trek. Uh Right. It's cerebral. I agree. Uh, That was the whole thing. You know, I like Star Wars for the action. I like Star Trek for the cerebral challenge to it. You know, yeah, Star but, Trek has always had that to it that set it apart from Star Trek. Now you've just turned well, Star Trek into a an Arnold Schwarzenegger on. action movie. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to buck on this one a little little bit because you know when Star Trek when I was a little kid and Star Trek was literally just the original TV series. Every episode was solved by Kirk punching, shooting, or fucking his way out of the problem. <laughs> you know, no I'm denying was, there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Um, but on the other hand, the problem was usually um, 
some kind of social issue of the time, like uh, racism or whatever else. Oh, sure. There was absolutely and so uh, the, the better, social commentary The better involved. Star Trek movies handled that, like Star Trek VI and Star Trek IV. Mm-hmm. But now we're just getting into full action, like Star Wars. Yeah. Now, I will, I'll, I'll give you that. There has been no social commentary that I can find in any of the reboot movies. Well, except uh, Star Trek Into Darkness tried to take on terrorism. Well, to say that's just only, the, a, only that's the Federation could go after. Right, yeah. That, that yeah. was just because it was Khan, and Khan was just, he was a bitter individual. All right. Well, and anything in America post-9-11 has had some some terrorist analogy, analog. Um, well, you, any bad guy in any television series any since 2001, it's immediately, hey, we're going to have a bad guy. Let's make him a terrorist. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, true. Yeah. We, just, we can't have a straight out, he's a villain. No, we're going to look at it. This is domestic terrorism. This is terrorist. He's the bad yeah. guy. He's the villain. He's motivated because he's bitter on somebody did something to his car. Yeah. So we have to go through the whole political thing. Uh, knock it off, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would kind of like to see some things that aren't necessarily terrorist-driven. All right, guys, there's another topic I'm going to hit real quick, and we're starting to run down on time here. But um, it just it, just in the last month here, it turns out that DC Comics is going to reboot their entire continuity again. Oh, have you guys? Yeah. Um, at some point, don't you have to say enough is enough? Of but course. at this point, yeah. About three, and it, three resets ago. It's a good, oh, yeah. Thongs and Speedos for everybody. Well, <laughs> and, and the other thing is, here's the thing. Their last one was, what, five years ago now? Yes. Um, the New 52. It lost me. I, I no longer felt like they wanted me buying their comics. So do I even... Should we, and I'll come back to our, like, you know, here we are, a bunch of white, middle-aged-ish guys, should we even give a shit anymore? We're the ones who I have mean, the uh, the money now. We're yeah, that we have the, to spend that money. I know, but, you know, it doesn't look like they want us reading their books. You know, it's just like pro wrestling 20 years ago. It's like, at a point, they just kind of went, hey, I don't want you watching, I want your eight-year-olds watching. So, all right, fine, you don't yeah, I mean, me. <laughs> that, that could be. Maybe they're going after teenagers or younger readers. Yeah. But, like, uh, I don't know who just said it, but we we're the ones that have the money. You're not going to get yeah. teenagers having fifty, sixty dollars, or a hundred dollars to spend each month on comics. Yeah, well, that was the other thing they announced. They were dropping all their books to two dollars and ninety nine cents. Well, have you seen what? the format? Have you seen the like the formats like their uh, Injustice series or their Bombshells? Um, I, I have seen the pictures online. I've not okay. seen the books themselves. Uh, bombshells, it's done back in the 1920s. It's all females. Mm-hmm. Nothing but take all your superheroes. Take Superman, Batman, all of them. It's all women. All done in the mm-hmm. 1920s, World War II, World War One era. The books yeah, are like God. 20 pages. I can I have sat down and read through one book in about 10 minutes, if that. Oh yeah, twenty pages. Wow. Oh, trust me, it, you burn through it so fast. 
I almost, I would almost like to see a company come out. It would, it wouldn't work, but I would like to see a company come out and print like, like you know, we had them in the seventies and eighties where you'd buy a comic book, you had your main twenty-two page story, a ten-page backup, and then a four-page short after that. You guys remember that mm-hmm. back in the day, right? Yeah. Yep. But everything was printed on newsprint with cheap four-color ink. And shit, what did we pay? Seventy-five cents, right? Yeah, yeah. And we got fifty pages out of the deal. Sometimes, uh, do you remember the sixty-page giants? Yes, I do. I also yes, remember I like do. the Star Wars, the eleven by seventeen, or well, not the ten by fourteens or whatever, the huge comics that mm-hmm. were thirty-three cents. Yeah, I'd like to see those again. I'd like to see somebody try to do more pages. Go to go back to newsprint. Um, more pages at a lower price point and see what would happen. Now, the thing is, you'd have to sell in so many numbers, I don't even know that it's possible. But would people complain about the quality? Cheaper that's the cheaper question. paper, cheaper ink? Yeah, that's the question. Because you look at uh, Europe and Asia, comic books over there come out in phone book-sized books once a week. And it's an anthology series. You know, There's different stories constantly rolling through them. And people buy them by the droves, you know? In America, we're stuck on the 22-page, a quarter of which are adverts format, and that's all you're ever going to get. And like you're saying, John, you know, if it's not printed on glossy paper with six billion colors, would right, anybody yeah. look at it? Yeah. Yeah, so that was something I was just curious about when I hear that they're relaunching. And I actually need to start looking around. And Roy, I've talked to you, Paul, I've talked to you, but... I need to find somebody who is very knowledgeable about the Shazam Captain Marvel character because I am now working under the theory that DC has spent 40 years drowning that baby in its bathwater. Yeah, so I agree with you. They need <laughs> yeah. to bring him back out. They definitely, he definitely needs a series, even if it's a limited one in this new reboot, just to test to see if he would be popular again. Yeah, because all the, all the attempts they've made to revive him have always been kind of half-hearted. And we're talking about a guy that, in Kingdom Come, slugged it out with Superman. Well, he also yeah. slugged uh-huh. it out pretty strong in the Injustice yeah. series, and he did a pretty good job holding his own. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a time in the 40s and 50s when Captain Marvel outsold Superman. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to be looking that's at. that's what it comes down to, is Superman is their is their fair-haired boy, and they couldn't have anyone outperforming him. Right. Well, and John, you think you think I was uh, going into conspiracy territory assuming that Daz was waiting 13 <laughs> years to buy up our DNA. I'm now accusing DC of spending 70 years killing Captain Marvel. Yeah, man, you could be right. I mean, they're... <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what Marvel is doing with Captain Marvel. <laughs> the female version. They've got two of them. Yeah. Well, they got how many Captain Americas they have right now? Three. Yeah, but they're in different mm, timelines. Is it because because uh, Sam Wilson is Captain America, becomes, and Steve Rogers? But right, that's after Roger steps down. This is currently the female Captain Marvel who wears the red bodysuit, and then you've got the Arab young girl who's about seventeen years old, wearing the full body cover, who's just short of missing a veil. Mm-hmm. Um, also going by the name Captain Marvel. Hmm. Well, you know what? Maybe what we should do, and we'll talk about this off the air. Gonna... Go- I thought one was going by Captain Marvel and the other one was going by Miss Marvel. Captain. I think you're right, Roy. I think that's what it is. I think Miss Marvel became Captain Marvel. I think that was um, um, yeah. a reset. Captain Marvel yeah. is Carol Danvers, I thought, the last time I looked. 
And then now you've got the Miss Marvel, which is the Arab girl, using the more traditional ISIS-type setup. Yeah, we'll have to look at that. Guys, let's go ahead. Hold on here. Let's go ahead. We'll wrap up on this one because we're running down on time, and I know everybody's busy today, and this gets away from us. But I'm thinking maybe, maybe in a couple weeks here, we'll just do a Captain Marvel retrospective and look at every character called Captain Marvel throughout history. Sure. That might be fun to do because there's been a number of them. There's been a yeah, lot. Yeah, there has. Yeah. So let's go ahead and we'll uh, we'll start getting ready to wrap up here. Roy, if people want to find you on the interweb, where can they find you? Um, Shadowhawk1 at DeviantArt.com. All right. And John, how about you? I'm at VanishingPoint.biz. Excellent. And Paul? P.D. Smith at DeviantArt.com. All right, guys. And, uh, you know, let's not write off Star Trek Beyond just yet, or I guess DC Comics necessarily, because they've declared both Superman and Spock dead before. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, if you want to find us on the web, you can find us at geekishcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekishcast. I tweet from at the geekishcast, and you can reach me on email at jeremy. I'm sorry, jeremy at geekishcast.com. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you soon. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.